Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Angela Summers from Bell Harvest Sales. Angela, it's really great to have you. It's great to be here, Brad. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, thanks so much for joining. So tell me a little bit about yourself and about your company. Yeah, so I work for Bell Harvest, and we are a fresh apple supplier here in West Michigan. We also have a sales alliance with a company, Michigan Fresh Marketing. So basically, I like to say that we don't just sell apples. So at our company, we plant, grow, harvest, and deliver healthy, flavorful food to your families and communities around the world. The apple your grandfather ate that you're probably used to, the Red Delicious, it's changed a little bit. That one's still around, but we we really strive to bring new varieties that are developed and have new flavor profiles to bring some a new experience, new eating experience to consumers. That I'm is powerful. a little bit about us. I do the marketing here at Bell Harvest in Michigan Fresh and yeah, just really enjoy getting to interact with our growers and our retail partners. That's really cool. And I think you're telling me not only uh, do you work like in the apple industry, you grew up in it as well. Like, yes. I'd love to hear more yes. about that. That is kind of my favorite part of it all. I am actually, I think, the fifth generation in my family on our our farm. And so I can go back to at least my great-grandfather and remember just how it was in the early 90s growing apples. And it's just really funny because I, I never thought in my wildest dreams I would stay in this business. And I'm just absolutely thrilled to have come back to my roots and it just definitely feels like the right fit. So yeah, it's, it's a great industry and one that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about. That's really cool. Yeah. And you're telling me, it, I didn't know there's a very much a depth to the Apple industry of different varieties and <laughs> things you're working on and all that. So I'd love yep. to hear more about that. Cause I think probably a lot of the listeners are going to be like, man, yeah, it's an Apple, but it's right. that's not the case. Well, I always have to laugh. You can think about potato chips, not the greatest snack for health wise, but there are so many different kinds of potato chips that you can buy and they're all pretty delicious. There's some that are a little funky, but I have to compare that to now the, the apple industry. We've always had a a, num- a pretty large number of varieties, but it's really skyrocketed over the years with uh, a lot of new club and managed varieties. Just out of our organization alone, we cover at least probably up to 20 different apple varieties. So a lot of them do have the name red in them or crisp or sweet. <laughs> so it's very confusing for your consumers to distinguish the differences. That is really what plays perfectly into my role. My role is truly to help our retail partners and our consumers understand the new varieties and educate them on why they are so much more superior compared to our more antiquated varieties that still have a beloved spot on the grocery store shelf, but maybe have a little bit more flavor to them than the traditional. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know the, the first time I tried a honey crisp apple, I'm like, this is amazing. Yes. It's so much better than a gala or whatever <laughs> the normal right? versions are. So. Yeah. The history of the honey crisp apple is just incredible. And I urge all of your listeners to check out NPR did a great series on the honey crisp apple. And it really 
it truly revitalized the industry. And I think a lot of apple growers today credit their success in the last 10 to 20 years due to that apple. Went from being apple as a commodity to now really a niche variety and following. And now it's a household name. So pretty cool success story there. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like quite a challenge from a sales and marketing standpoint to to educate the consumer around these varieties and the superiorness of of the new varieties. What does that look like for you then? Like, how how does all that go? So not to keep on the topic of potato chips, even though I do love them, Lay's come out with really great interactive marketing campaigns where consumers can dive right in and come up with flavors and try new things and people can vote on which one's best. And, and that's awesome. But apples are not, not going down a, a manufacturing line or processed in a facility. They're grown in your orchards. And what's really near and dear to my heart is our growers because they've invested so much into these into this business and this livelihood. And when they go to plant a new variety, such as Honeycrisp or Sweet Tango, Smitten, Evercrisp, they're really taking a gamble on that variety and how well it will do in the marketplace. So when they plant a new a new tree, a lot of people think they plant the seed, but it's, it's actually a rootstock or it's a tree. It can take three to five years for that apple to produce fruit. So it takes a lot of time and patience with growers and with, with retailers and the volume that we want to build up. But yeah, it's a gamble for sure. My dad always said that when I was a kid that Farming is a gamble, and I didn't understand that until now, having to be on the the selling side of it. It it truly is weather-dependent, but market-dependent as well. That's a big hurdle for us. We can get excited and get rally around a new variety and build a marketing plan, and then we can get it to retail, and consumers are just just not going for it. And right now, one, one interesting thing, Brad, is the Cosmic Crisp Apple. It is only grown in Washington State. And they invested millions of dollars behind this variety with marketing. And it actually just launched in retail last year. And it's a great apple. It's certainly not my favorite, but they're going to really hope that this thing takes by storm like the Honeycrisp did. Or they've invested so much into a variety that could replace the Red Delicious in that state. Wow. Big risks, but high rewards too. Yeah, and it yeah. sounds like you're right in the middle of it. You got the, the farmers and the growers on one side yeah. and the retailers on the other and the consumers and you're right in the middle of all that. Yeah, that's a uh, kind of a great segue too to kind of how you build your, your relationship with your customer. And I think one of my, my favorite memories of this year and really just in this business so far was When a customer, we had a customer come up for a visit this summer and we went out to the orchard and it's really the best way to interact with your customer base is get them back to like, show them what you really do. And I got to spend the day, the customer brought his family up and we were out in the orchard and they were just amazed at the whole process and just seeing all of the intricate details that go in and meeting the grower. And we actually got them to come back at harvest time and see see everything happening and they were just to be able to pull an apple off the tree or take it off the tree and eat it right there it was like i don't know what better way to sell a product is than that but for me it was just my favorite thing because i can actually be there hands-on and show them what the industry really is it's when it's hard when with everything this year is remote and you're online and you're trying to describe to people how great this variety is or 
why you should buy from us and being able to take them out there and show them right there is one of the best things about my job, I think. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Pick a ripe apple right off the tree. and Yeah, yeah. It was pretty neat too, because with customers, they oftentimes when they're in the heat of their season, they're just trying to to stock their stores and they need certain items and they need it yesterday sometimes. And we're, we're strapped with packing time and having everything available at our fingertips to just send out to them because it's produce. It, it changes every day. So it was really neat to show them though, why we have a tough time with weather. We were able to show them frost damage on the trees and how that affects the fruit when it's you know harvest time. We were able to show them just some issues with smaller fruit size and, and different blocks and varieties compared to you've seen giant Honeycrisp apples and not every apple is the same size on the tree. So just being able to get there hands-on and explain some of the stuff is critical. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're telling me about some of the innovative marketing stuff you're working on in terms of packaging. I'd love for the audience to hear more about that and maybe even see it. Yeah, definitely. So a year ago, our CEO, Milt, he put me on a project to start to look at sustainable packaging. And I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about sustainable packaging when I started this project and dove right in and just absolutely loved it, learned from so many in the industry. But we wanted to find something out there that's different. Apples for so long have been in plastic bags. I can remember as a kid going into our packing facility and watching bag after bag go down the line. And it's still definitely needed in the industry. There's a place for it. We just we wanted to find a different sustainable solution to plastic because as you and I know, uh, we only have one one environment that, that we have. And I have two kids at home. I want them to have a lot of the same experiences that I've had as a kid. And we got to take care of the world that we have around us. So we really dove into looking at recycled paperboard. Hmm. And oh my, I didn't know, I did not know all there is about paperboard. So a big shout out to all the people that work in those industries. They do a great job. And so we came up with this lovely three pound carton. It's to me, when you first look at it, I think a little bit of the cereal box. I loved cereal as a kid. I loved looking at the boxes and seeing all of the different graphic design on them and the artwork and marketing and I knew when I first saw this concept, I was like, that's it. It's It catches your eye right away. But the best part is it's got a nice grab and go handle. So mm. we, if you see it in the stores, you can quickly grab it and get out. I, I love it. It's got cutouts around it. So you'll still be able to see the produce. That's probably the largest challenge with um, going from plastic to paper is mm. you can see through it. And produce, everybody wants to usually smell, touch, look at their produce. And that's the the biggest challenge with doing something like this. But oh. yeah, we launched it this fall and it's really been exciting. It, it's able, we're able to pack it right on our line. We didn't have to buy new equipment to do that. It's just going to, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's hard to see apples and something so new. You usually see them on a bulk shelf where you can put them in a plastic bag in the store, or oh. you usually grab them in a tote bag or a poly bag or pouch bags are popular now too. But yeah, this is a great sustainable alternative. So we're hoping it takes off. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think you're even telling me it provides real estate 
for advertising the variety yeah. and kind of talking yeah. about that, which is super cool that you can tie that into this. Yeah, we did three different options. So we have Honeycrisp in this color. We have Fuji in more of a bluish green color. And then Gala is in more of that craft paper look. Yeah, it's given us a chance to really explain our initiatives. We went with the slogan, a healthy snack in an earth-friendly pack, which is catchy. And yeah, it just tells a little bit about about why. And the, the greatest thing too is it really protects the fruit. Bruising is one of the biggest issues we deal with when we're packing in plastic bags. And this carton actually can really hold the apples and eliminate some bruising. So always a plus too. Yeah, that's perfect. Sounds like wins all around. Yeah, I hope so. It's it's still relatively new and I, I can't say that it's uh taken over all of the shelf space, but hey, we gotta remain hopeful and and persistent. Yeah, for sure. So I always yeah. love asking this question. What are is maybe a, an example of a personal story in which you've built a customer relationship and cultivated that? I, I'd love yeah. for the audience to hear. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I'm gonna, there's so many good ones, but like I was sharing before, getting out into the orchard is one of my favorite things, but I, I got a good story. Our sales reps here are just fantastic. They excel in all ways with building the customer relationship. And I'm definitely the marketing girl who sometimes wants to, to do sales. I'm known for that sometimes crossing over. And I just, I love interacting with with the customers, probably with my social work background that adds to it. At a trade show, I got to know one of our, our customers really well. And they came out for a visit and got to tour the facility. So they got to see the packing and everything. But also we got to tour several different farms throughout West Michigan. And at the end of the day, they looked at me and it was so clear to them. They're like, wow, you are very passionate about apples. And can't say we've really met many people who you know care this much, but I wanted to give them the full experience and I, I have to laugh because it's true. I can't help but bring it up and describe my my childhood stories. And when I'm driving down one of the, I will call it's the Ridge. It's a growing region um, in West Michigan where most of our apples are grown. Mm. Um, driving down 10 mile road out there, I can point out so many relatives of mine because <laughs> Let's face it, they all came over here and a lot of them are, are in the Apple business. So yeah, it was funny to have some customers from, you know, Indianapolis come up here and it's it's a whole new world and they just got to really submerge into this culture. It's it's a culture. It's a, a lifestyle for many and they bring it up at every trade show. I, I probably have a nickname over it too, but yeah, they just, they have never really seen somebody get so excited about it, but when it's your life, it's pretty obvious and evident. So yeah, I love that. I love the passion. I can sense it here <laughs> in this conversation. I don't know if my husband loves hearing it. He's not from the Apple industry, so mm. he gets to hear about it a lot. And sometimes I think he would like me to turn it off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice there. would you give to maybe some of the younger sales and marketing leaders when it comes to building customer relationships, building a brand? really building these uh, lifelong connections with customers. Yeah. My favorite quote that stuck with me ever since I really got into this business was from Simon Sinek. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure he's very well known, but he's always said, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And mm -hmm. I've always 
always let that kind of sink in. And I share that with everybody, everybody I work with and even customers I come in contact with. Why do you, why do you do what you do? There's a million, a million jobs out there. And I did go into social work and I love that dearly. It just wasn't, wasn't the right fit. And like I said, in the beginning of this, I came back to my roots and there was a reason for that. And I think that in our careers and to build long-term relationships with customers, don't just want to buy a product. They want to buy the reason that you're doing it, the purpose there. So I always want to say, stay authentic in, in who you are and what you do, because that really does matter. It mattered to those customers that day that I took them on the tour. They had bought from us in the past, but now they're one of our top customers. And it's not just because it wasn't because I took them on an Apple tour by any means. It was because they got to truly hear about Bell Harvest and Michigan Fresh and why we do what we do and why I, I'm even here. If you can continuously prove that to your customers, what your purpose is and what you believe in, they're going to stay with you. They're going to they're gonna know very clearly what it is that you are and, and your, who your company is. So the golden circle is what he always preached on. And I think every organization has to remember that and go back to it year after year. The why is in the middle. That's your purpose, the how, the process. And then what is the outer circle, the result? So if you can identify that year after year, you're doing the right thing. I love that. That's amazing. It's one, he's hey. one of my favorites. He's good. Everything he says, I'm just like, wow. That's, yeah, I love his example of Apple technology, not apples, but he does a great job explaining that. And it just, it clicks. It makes sense. I, I don't just sell apples. I'm selling for me, it's my lifestyle. It's a passion. It's it's an experience for others. Seeing people try a new apple and, and get so excited about something so small as that, it's pretty remarkable. So That's amazing. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining. It was really great to have you on, and I appreciate you. hearing what you do and all your wisdom and insights. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it.